Welcome to the Living the Word Bible Podcast, where I talk with other women about the Bible, what we love about it, how we read and understand it, and the difference it makes in our lives. I'm Sarah Chris Meyer, General Editor of the Living the Word Catholic Women's Bible and author of the book, Becoming Women of the Word. Today, I am talking with Bible study evangelista, Sonia Corbett a woman who has a contagious passion for the Word of God. Sonia, thank you for joining me. My privilege, always. Thank you for having me. So you are a dynamic speaker. You are a Bible study teacher, radio podcast host. I will never forget the time that we first invited you to the National Catholic Bible Conference. And I didn't get to hear you speak, but I will never forget that people were lined up down the side of the church, out the door, and through the hallway <laughs> to talk to you after your talk. And I bet you were there for an hour just talking to people. And it must I be- I will never forget that either. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. And I think that you have a message that, and, and also just a real gift for touching people's hearts and for setting them on fire for the word of God. And I want to thank you for what you do. Amen. Thanks be to God. Yeah, you. One of the things about you is that you are not afraid to touch where it hurts, you know, to reach into those really difficult places and to bring the the balm of the Holy Spirit, I guess, and the balm of Scripture, and help people to heal from it. And I love that you describe your ministry. Uh, you say that you have a Bible and a healing charism, and you're not afraid to use them. I wonder if you could just <laughs> talk a little bit about how those two things go together. Tell us about your work in the vineyard. Well, I actually didn't know that they went together for me. I have always known that I had a teaching gift, and that flows from a primary gift of wisdom. But I didn't realize that that healing was part of it until COVID hit, and we were kind of grounded, and we were home so much. And I started to realize, um, I started doing one-on-one -on -one consultations with people just what the Bible calls biblical counsel and just helping people find the pattern of their own woundedness and suffering, specifically through the scriptures. That really is my, my purpose. I, I apply the scriptures in ways that God applied them to me for other people so that they can heal from their woundedness, their fear, their anxiety, their anger, all that stuff, you know, that we, those wounds that we bring into our relationships. So it sounds like he has helped to heal you specifically in that way. Absolutely. That was the first thing he ever said to me out of the scriptures was Proverbs 26, 11, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. And I thought that was me. You couldn't have summarized me and my life and my habits any better than that. And it was so coarse. The language was so coarse. And I was so surprised that that was in the Bible, you know, I say that now and, and the ladies, they clutch their pearls and go, you can't say that word, you know, and I'm like, but Jesus said it in the Bible. So yeah. those emotional eruptions and that self-medication that we're provoked into by our woundedness, that's my entire ministry is helping people find the way the Holy Spirit is working in that kind of stuff to heal mm. us. And for me, that wound was it was anger. It was rage. It wasn't even anger. It was rage. But God used his word to heal me almost completely and then brought me to the church so that I could receive the sacraments for that full healing of that wound. And now it's gone. I don't have it anymore. I'm wow. not provoked. Beautiful. 
So I, I think a lot of people hear that, you know, you hear directly from God when you're reading the Bible and maybe they don't have that experience. Have you had that your whole life or is that something that came later? When did you start? I had to learn it. I had someone tell me and I didn't believe it. (laughs) So, so I started, you know, I'm a convert and in my early twenties, I was still Baptist. And so I started, I started reading. I read a proverb every day because we didn't have readings the way we do in the church, the lectionary in the office. So I was reading one proverb a day and, and I got frustrated with, with the process. And I told my mentor who had encouraged me to begin, I said, nothing's happening. You know, I've, I've, I'm nothing. He's not saying anything. And she said, well, how long have you been at it? And I said, five days. <laughs> and she kind of laughed and patted my head and said, no, go back. Go back until you hear something. And it was day 26. It was oh, 26 wow. days into the practice before I heard something. But I knew, I knew that he was speaking to me. It almost leaped off the page. And I felt that conviction that only the Holy Spirit can bring to you that is an absolute knowledge of the truth with, without being loaded with shame and guilt. Hmm. And when I got that word from him, I knew that we, I mean, I just felt like he had walked through me, you know, wow. it was very, but that was the beginning for me. And, and I couldn't question that it was him. Now, over time, you know, it becomes so subtle, that voice of his through the scriptures, it does it is subtle. And so you have to stay with it. You have to build a habit. The Bible says itself, seek me with your whole heart. I will be found by you. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to be disciplined and diligent. Well, the thing is that he wants to speak to us even more than we want to hear from him. And yes. I found that myself as a teenager, you know, when I really sought him and I was in need and I just read and read whether it made sense or not, that's when he began to speak to me. And like you, I knew he was speaking to me. And once you know that, nobody can take that away. Nobody. The times then when he's not speaking, right, really clearly or strongly, it gets you through to the next time when he does. Because you know he's present. He's just waiting for you there. And he's helping form you. He's helping heal you. He's helping adjust your behaviors and bring them into balance. Your personality, all of that stuff occurs in the scriptures. The power of God's word is what changes us. It's what transforms us. And if we don't have it, you know, the catechism tells us the one table of the Lord is both the scriptures and the Eucharist. And so if we don't have both parts of the table, we're missing half of it. Yep. And so we don't have that power of his, of his word in our lives when we're not in it every day. Well, the, the words that pop into my mind while you're talking is that phrase that we used to use a lot as Protestants, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And Catholics now use that also. I think the thing that really surprised me the most when I became Catholic was that it was possible also to have a personal relationship with his mother, with Mary. Amen to that. So you had that same experience? What was it like for you? I had no relationship with Mary whatsoever, and I didn't intend to. I didn't think it was necessary, which I know is blasphemous to so many Catholics. But I, I went to confession. It was a Lenten penance service. I went to confession with my bishop, and, and he said to me in confession, he said, the measure of your Catholicism is the, the measure of your relationship to Mary. Hmm. And I just thought, that is not what I'm here for. It yeah. had nothing to do whatsoever with my confession, and, and I was a little bit irritated by it. But I left, and it was one of those things that somebody says, you know, the Holy Spirit, he's, he like sticks it there. And I kept meditating on it. And I didn't know what else to do except to just ask her. So I went to her and I said, what 
do you, Mary, want me to know, Sonia, about you? I asked her directly, and I started to study her Magnificat in the scriptures in Luke 1. I started to do, I was going to do a podcast on it, so I started to study. And I was blown away, first of all, by the fact that she apparently wanted to connect with me. She wanted to be Mm -hmm. friends with me, and she was so subtle and so gentle about it which I know I probably get on her, on her nerves because I'm, I'm not like that at all. But, but it was just very, very precious to me. And so that was really what started my relationship with her, which I would not have begun had my bishop not said that to me in confession. That was one of the most surprising things to me that she's a person that you can have a relationship with. I thought she was, you know, just a, a figure on a page or maybe a set of doctrines or something. But a very surprising thing that Mary would want to have a relationship with us. That, and, that's what blew me away. Yeah. And she she connected with me too in a in a in the number one place besides my motherhood mm-hmm. and being a wife. The number one place that means the most to me is the scriptures. And that's where she connected with me. It was amazing. And how did she do that? I I as I said, I was studying the Magnificat, but I was also meditating on the joyful mysteries of the rosary. I was meditating on the joyful mysteries. And as I sat there with those, I was trying to understand them from her point of view. And I suddenly realized she was showing me her method of prayer. She was showing Mm. me through the joyful mysteries of the rosary, her method of prayer. She listened to the word of God from the angel Gabriel. She observed her relationships and circumstances and went to Elizabeth. She knew exactly how they applied. Then she verbalized back to God through the Magnificat what she believed he was saying to her. And then E, she entrusted. So she showed me through an acronym, her prayer method, listen, observe, verbalize, entrust, love. She loves the word. And when I saw that, when I saw how much she, especially through the Magnificat, but also through the Joyful Mysteries, because she received that word from the angel and so deeply and in such a way that it it became alive. It incarnated in her. (laughs) And what I realized is that that's what she wants from each of us. She's inviting us to love the word with her the way she does, the word of God being a person, Jesus, but through his word, the scriptures as well, the one table. So she's inviting us to pray the way she prays with the scriptures loving the word, listening to them, observing what they say and how they apply to us, verbalizing back to God what we think we're hearing, and then E, entrusting it all back to him. May it be done to me according to your word. How are we going to know what he wants to do with us if we're not in his word? Absolutely. You know, interesting how many different people I think Mary has been reaching out to and telling this. I know That is what struck me as I meditated on those verses. Earlier on this program, I spoke with Meg Hunter-Kilmer, and she talks about how her favorite title for Mary is lover of the word and how Mm. that word is both scripture and also the baby that she held in her arms and so on. And there are so many different things that we could think about. But what I love about what you did is that you took that and you, you made it into very practical steps that people can use in praying with scripture using Lexio Divina, which, you know, it can be just sort of a, 
presented as a, a number of rote steps. And I think that the way that you did it, it just comes alive and becomes something very inviting. So I wonder if you could, you, you've already said it, but people may not have been aware that you were. I wonder if you could go through step by step and just tell how you would approach a scripture like that to love the word. Okay, so whatever it is in the readings, the the other important piece to any sort of, of daily scripture practice is the idea of gestation, the incarnation and the gestation. So in the scriptures, the number of gestation is 40, 40 days and nights, 40 days in the wilderness. The 40 is the idea of giving birth to something new. There's something new trying to come forth. And so you want to you want to practice for 40 days. Give yourself 40 days. And when we think about prayer, I don't know about other people, but I always thought about prayer as saying stuff. You know, I say stuff to God. But Mary shows us that she's listening. She listens first. And we know that because she is in her private prayer practice. We don't know necessarily where, but... It is said by Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, was based in part on her her writings. She says that Mary was in her private prayer practice in her chamber, praying specifically for the Messiah. So she's listening in her private prayer practice. She's listening for the word of God, and it comes to her through the angel Gabriel. And so she receives it with what Pope Francis says is acceptance and availability. And she has a habit of listening. And because she has that habit, she recognizes that word when it comes and she receives it fully in obedience. So if it's true that Mary was in her private prayer practice in her chamber praying for the Messiah, that tells us we must ask the question, what if God wants to answer our prayers with us? What if listening to his word on a daily basis is the process through which God forms us for the purpose that he made us? And what if the whole time we're praying for something, he intends to answer it through us? I, I mean, that, that whole thought just blows my mind. But that's part of what she sort of shared with me through that that process. So L is listen. The acronym is love, L-O-V-E. L is listen. So she's listening daily with acceptance and availability. O is observe. She's observing her relationships and circumstances. Both Pope Benedict, when he was Pope, and Pope Francis have said that this is stunning. What made Mary so holy was that she was able to interpret the word of God that she received through her own relationships and circumstances. I find that a a very reachable kind of holiness. If that's what holiness means, that I receive the word of God and I apply it to my relationships and my circumstances, if that's what it means as a process of becoming holy, and Mary shows us that, if that's true, we can all be holy. <laughs> we can all do that. So O is observe, and she observes her own relationships and circumstances. She knows how this word of God to her applies to Elizabeth as well. And she even knows what it means 
Nothing shall be impossible with God. So she's looking at her relationships and circumstances. Then she she obeys. And as she's going to obey, she's verbalizing back to God what she believes she he, she's heard. V is verbalized. And she does that through the Magnificat in Luke chapter one. It's one of the few places. It's one of only two places that we have Mary speaking in her own words. And she verbalizes back to God all of this that's in her heart and how God is fulfilling the promises that he's made to his people all this time. So she verbalizes back to him. For us, that would mean we say back to him what we believe we're hearing or we write it down. I have found that journaling is very, very helpful Mm -hmm. here because over time, when you're not sure if you've heard from him, you have the writings to go back to. When he starts to put the pieces together, you get one piece today and one piece the next day and one piece the next day. It doesn't all come together all at once. But when he does pull it together and you can go back over days or weeks or even months and you've got it journaled out, it's shocking. It is just the most Mm -hmm. amazing thing to see him pull all those pieces together when he does that. And then E is in trust. Whatever he asks us to do or not do, we simply trust him with the consequences of whatever that is, and we obey, just Mm -hmm. like she did. So L is listen, O is observe, V is verbalize, and E is entrust. We love the word the way Mary loves the word. We pray with her. Yeah, and at the end of that gestation, we give birth to the world, to the word in the world. You know, we do our voice. Yes, because we have something to share with people. We have something. God did this for me. God healed me here or he showed me this. It's it's you can't contain it. You have to share it. Yeah. And once you've done that, you've done exactly what Mary did and you've shared it with the whole world. That's what she wants. That's what she wants for every single one of us. That inner transformation that comes out in this Holy Spirit fire on the whole world. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Thank you. I just love that. I mean, I have loved praying that way for years, but that is just the most beautiful description and also encouragement, especially if people aren't used to reading the Bible. I think also one of the things that I love about it is the simplicity of it. Mm -hmm. When I came into the church and I realized that Lectio Divina was something church invented and not Baptists. <laughs> I was so surprised. <laughs> but the Lectio Divina, you know, that's that's Latin and the steps are Latin. And then you're worried that you're not on the right step or, hey, am I right. saying it right? Or am I doing it right? Or whatever, you know, you get all in your head or I did. And for this to be so simple, for her to just lay it out like that so simply is just such a beautiful thing, I think. It is. Thank you. And I'm just wondering, as you're talking, do you have a favorite book or favorite passage of scripture that you like to go to particularly to nurture that love? Well, whatever I'm studying at the time always feels like my favorite, (laughs) but I do find myself going back over and over to the Song of Solomon where he says, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Mm -hmm. I love to just sit in that and just rest in the reality of that truth. I am his and he is mine and I am as beloved to him as he is to me. I mean, that is so rich and so nourishing. So yeah, I go back to that quite a bit. I, I remind myself of that when I, when I get anxious or, or worried or, or whatever, I like to just sit with that. Mm-hmm. That's that contemplation stage 
at the end that comes at the end of reading scripture when you just kind of sit with him and bask in his love. Amen. Interesting. So I wonder, we're just starting into Lent now, and first Sunday of Lent, which is coming up in a few days, we are going to hear from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, when Jesus is tempted by the devil. And of course, pretty much everyone knows the story, I think, when the devil tempts him to turn a stone into bread because he's so hungry after those 40 days. He says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I wonder if you would be willing to take that short passage, just maybe verses one to four, and lead people who are listening in a brief Lexio Divina using your four steps, L-O-V-E. One of my own practices when I have a scripture, when I'm reading scripture on a daily basis, is if I have a question about something, I always try to go seek the answer in a commentary or in a Bible dictionary or a Bible encyclopedia or a concordance, something, you know, other tools, but something from the church that helps me understand whatever my question is. My first inclination about that reading is the 40 days in the wilderness. There's that idea of 40 days. And so Jesus, what is Jesus giving birth to there? He's he's hammering out with the Holy Spirit who drove him there the principles of his ministry, according to the church. He is battling the enemy on our behalf as well. And we see him go through those temptations. We see the enemy try to use scripture against him to make him fall. And so it's important, I think, as we're listening to what Jesus says, the L step, listening, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That word live, what does that word mean? What does Jesus mean by the word live? And he he implies eternal life, which is a quality, not a quantity. It's not an amount of time. It's a quality of life. So man has the quality of life that he desires, the joy and the happiness that he longs for because he's made in the image of God. He has that life through the word of God. And it's a daily word, Jesus says. Man lives not by bread alone, which we eat every day. We have to eat. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he implies that daily bread, that daily eating. And so how can I get that word into my life on a daily basis? We do it through the scriptures. So how do I live then through this word of God? So I'm looking then at my relationships and my circumstances. Where is there a deficit of this kind of quality of life in me, particularly in me? Because I I like to say when God is speaking to you, he's speaking about you so that we're not, you know, looking around at everybody else, but at least how we are relating to the people around us. So Where in my life is that quality that I'm looking for in my relationships? Where is there a deficit? And how can God bring more of that quality, that abundance, into those relationships? How can I apply the rest of what he says in that passage for today, for that 
first Sunday in Lent to those relationships and circumstances. And for me, I'm having a difficulty with my youngest son and his discipline or lack thereof (laughs) in doing his schoolwork. And we've been kind of going round and round. And I have repeatedly been restrained, I'll say, by the Holy Spirit (laughs) in my dealings with him. And so that word from him helps confirm me in being careful in how I relate to him. So that would be what I would receive directly. So V, verbalize, I would say that to him. Lord, this is what I think you're saying to me. I think you're confirming that I need to be careful not to react in anger or to be too harsh or too soft, actually, you know, to maybe have balance, but to stay in the word with you on a daily basis so that you can direct me here. That's what I would say. I I might even write it, but I would definitely pray that back to him. And then I would simply trust the E step in trust is leaving the consequences to him. If I'm not strong enough, is is he going to get the message? If I'm too strong, have I messed up and are things going to, you know, am I going to wound him or whatever? I don't have to worry about any of that. All I have to worry about is what he said in his word, which is man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I need to be in his word every single day in order to receive the direction that I need in this relationship with my child to give him what he needs in the way of discipline, but also love. I have to stay in the word every day or else I'm going to fly off the handle. I know I will. That's my, that's, that's my wound is I, I am a passionate person. And so I respond passionately, sometimes too much so. But he affirms there then that I can trust him with the outcome. Whatever he and I decide to do on a daily basis through the scriptures, I can entrust the outcome to him. And so I do. I leave it with him. That's how I would use that one passage. That's beautiful. And now I am going to read that passage. And if you're listening, maybe just close your eyes. And I won't take you through all four steps right now, but remember those four steps to listen, observe, verbalize, and entrust. And perhaps you can go back to this passage later on today with your Bible and read it multiple times over and over doing those things and hear what the Lord has to say to you in it. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for that word of love that you have to us. And I pray for every person who's listening, for each one of us as we open up your word and we read it and we listen. Help us to have that listening heart as your mother did. Help us to observe and verbalize and entrust to rest in you, knowing that your word is for our healing and for our life. 
Thank you for the incredible power that your word has for us. Especially going forward during Lent, I pray that you will help us to focus on your word as we focus on your love for us, your life given to us on the cross, and give us the grace that we need to love and live your word in our daily lives. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, the living word, amen. Amen. And Mary, mother of the word, pray for us. So thank you, Sonia. It has been wonderful talking to you today. And I'd like to encourage listeners not only to go through Matthew chapter four and read this and pray with this particular gospel, but also to maybe make it your goal during Lent to read through an entire gospel and you can pray your way through it. And if you use our Living the Word Catholic Women's Bible, in the back of it, you'll find Sonia's Love the Word method for Lexio Divina, or just replay this podcast and the way she explains it. But I hope that you will be richly blessed by the Word of God this Lent. Uh, Sonia, would you like to tell people where they can find more about you and your ministry? Sure. So... One note on the guide in the back of the Bible, there is a guide page that leads through every step and sort of unpacks it really well there. I had lots of space, but I offer a Mary journal for that very purpose. But all of my Bible studies, all of my podcasts, all of my series, all of the information, everything that I do, all of my books and everything is on my website, BibleStudyEvangelista.com, or you can just search my name in your browser. Wonderful. I encourage you to do that. So this is Sarah Chris Meyer, and this has been the Living the Word Bible podcast. And I hope that you will join me every Thursday for conversations with women who love and live God's Word. And you can also join us on our Instagram community at Living the Word Bible. And if you'd like to get a copy of the Living the Word Catholic Women's Bible, it's available to you now for the special price of $59.95 and free shipping. Just go to AveMariaPress.com and use the promo code BiblePodcast, one word. The offer expires at the end of 2023. May God bless you as you read His Word. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.